I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey everyone and happy Halloween! This is the first Halloween where my son is really going to be participating in trick-or-treating. I am so excited and I'm just ready to see him in his little costume. I am hoping he won't be too scared by the whole thing and that he has fun doing it. Anyway, I will report back um, and you can follow me on social media if you want to see him in his little costume. He's going to be a baby vampire. Anywho, If you guys have two minutes of spare time, we're conducting a survey to measure the impact of News Du Jour podcast. If you click on the link in our show notes, there are 12 simple questions. Most are just yes or no with multiple choice answers. So it's really fast and easy to answer the questions. And the ones that aren't multiple choice are optional. So you guys could honestly skip them if you wanted to, um, although we would appreciate the feedback. We're just looking to see what we're doing well on and where we could improve for you guys. Thank you all in advance for your support. And we already have, you know, a good number of responses. I really, really appreciate all of you who've already done this survey. Um, And one of the themes in the areas where we can improve was you guys saying that you wanted the show to be longer. Um, There was quite a few of you guys who said it was too short. So I loved that feedback and it made me so happy that you guys wanted a little bit more news. And so what I'm going to do to adjust to that for you is basically on those days where I could go a little bit longer, where we have stuff to talk about, I'm just going to let it go a little bit longer. Um, But on days where you know, it's just a slow news day. It's just, you know, there's not a ton going on. I'm just going to leave it wherever it lands. So I hope that makes sense. And maybe we'll start saying, you know, the podcast is 10 to 20 minutes long, something like that versus 10 to 15. Anywho, I really, really appreciate your feedback. And if you'd like to answer the questions on the survey, again, it's really fast. The link is in our show notes and it would really help our show. Here at the top, I also wanted to issue a reminder that the Trump children, Donald Jr., Eric, and Ivanka, will be testifying in court as part of the former president's civil fraud case. And I think those testimonies are set to begin today. So I'll definitely be watching them and keeping you guys posted on any revelations or any updates to do with that case. I also wanted to thank today's sponsor. Do you have a lingering skincare issue that you can't seem to get rid of? Have you thought about going to see a skincare professional and then thought, when would I ever have time for that and won't it be expensive? If that's you, I've got you. Protea is a woman-owned beauty business based out of Virginia, but here's the thing. They specialize in virtual skincare consultations. Yep, you can be on your couch in your sweatpants and you don't have to go anywhere, but you can get top of the line advice within your budget and guidance from a trained skincare professional called an esthetician. 
They also have a top-of-the-line, cruelty-free skincare line that is produced here in the U.S. So they can recommend products that they know will work for your skin because they know them inside out. Your personal skincare professional will always recommend the products that are the best fit for your skin. But if that happens to be a Protea product, they donate a Skin Confidence skincare kit to an unhoused woman for every purchase. Y'all, I could cry. I love supporting a business that is not only woman-owned, but also gives back. When you support them, you support our podcast. Book your consultation today at www.bookprotea.com. And now, without further ado, we will go ahead and jump into today's episode, which is essentially one very long story. I wanted to go ahead and issue a content warning, though. Today's entire episode comes with a content warning. These stories involve terrorism and brutal acts of torture, murder, and war. If you guys aren't up for that, I totally understand. It's been a lot over the past three weeks, so just wanted to issue that warning, but we are going to get into some really tough stories today, but that are very important to know about. Right here at the top, we're going to start with Iran's killing of a 16-year-old girl and that connection to Hamas. Just as I was succumbing to trauma fatigue after weeks of looking at images of, you know, exploded babies, the so-called morality police is at it again killing teenage girls in Iran. As with all the stories coming out of Iran, it is nearly impossible for press here in the United States to verify the details of what happened. So I wanted to put it out there right here at the top that this information is based on eyewitness accounts in the subway. But these eyewitnesses said that they saw Armrita Jaravand reportedly not wearing a headscarf on the subway in Tehran. She was then beaten on the train by the morality police so badly that she had to be carried off of the train. She then fell into a coma and subsequently died from her injuries in the hospital. The police there are saying that Armita simply fainted, hit her head, and that her friends were essentially just helping her get to the hospital when they carried her away. The disturbing scene where Armida was carried off the subway car was captured by a video camera and it has caused public outrage in Iran because of the similarities to the Masa Amini case where a young woman's death kicked off months of public protests in Iran. These protests, if you guys remember, resulted in countless deaths of Iranian individuals who were peacefully protesting. The government shot indiscriminately at protesters, killing scores of people and arresting many more, throwing them into prison under phony charges and essentially sentencing people to death by hanging them from a crane for peacefully protesting. To break this down to a more basic level, in case you're new to this subject, Iran is what's called a theocracy. That's basically where a religion rules a country, and theocracies are pretty much universally problematic, which is why we have separation of church and state here in the U.S., and that's why this is so important. But the people in Iran do not have that privilege. 
Separation of church and state is a privilege. And thus the leadership, they can contort their religion text to really mean anything that they want in order to enforce whatever rules they want. And this has resulted in them slaughtering and abusing their own people for generations, despite the fact that we know that is not what their religion is all about. During the height of these protests last year in November of 2022, we did an interview on this show with Elika Laban, an Iranian activist and attorney who lives here in the U.S. due to her family having to flee Iran for their safety. She has numerous family members who spent time in Evin Prison, the most notoriously abusive prison in Iran, and her aunt even spent time there while pregnant. In Iran, you can be abused or killed for not wearing a headscarf, for wearing jeans, for being gay, for peacefully protesting the government's actions, and so much more. They are one of the worst countries in the world in terms of human rights abuses, and they actually play a direct role in the violence that we're seeing today in Israel and Gaza. You see, Iran wants Palestine to be a country and to be a theocracy like them. Hamas shares a lot of their same discriminatory practices. They've made it illegal to be gay in Gaza, and death to both Jews and America are part of both Iran's and Hamas's mission statements. The atrocities that we are seeing committed against the Iranian people are probably what we could expect to see if we had Hamas in charge, a group that is funded by Iran. What's more, Hamas has strong ties to other major terrorist groups. For example, when it came to light that the son of a founding member of Hamas went to spy for Israel, Al-Qaeda immediately put a hit out on him. This is how they operate. They're not existing in, in silos, these terrorist organizations support one another. In their October 7th attack, Hamas used tactics known to have been used by ISIS, Hezbollah, and the Taliban. ISIS is known for taking hostages and posting gruesome photos, videos, and live streams of those hostages online. And that is what Hamas did on the 7th. They were, you know, wearing GoPros and live streaming their brutality against the Israeli people. Some of the Hamas members were actually even trained by Iran and by Iran's experts on how to conduct themselves. So the linkages between the violence that we're seeing in Iran and the violence that we're seeing in Palestine, it, it, it's connected. And I think this is something that, you know, we all just need to be aware of because this broader picture, it is complex. And there are a lot of underlying sort of problems here. And in order to understand the whole thing, you have to understand the flow of money. I do have a bunch of other updates for you guys. So when it comes to Gaza, Gaza is increasingly grim, you guys. The images, the videos, charred bodies, bloodied children, mangled limbs. I have seen things this week that will haunt me for the rest of my life. It's hard to understand why Israel is leveling entire neighborhoods, 
in their search for Hamas. And that is why I'm looking for a military expert to come on the podcast and shed some light on what Israel's military leaders might be thinking and if there are any legitimate reasons to be demolishing so many homes. But according to experts from the New York Times, when tunnels are exploded underground, it essentially creates a kind of suction effect where a giant crater will pull whatever is on top of the tunnels down into that crater. Israel is also reportedly using sponge bombs, which are essentially a way of sealing off entrances from the tunnels into Israel so that Hamas fighters can't pop out of the ground and attack them. Hamas is guilty of war crimes, as per an expert for the New York Times. You're not allowed to hide things underneath civilians, and it has been proven that they hide rockets, fuel, tunnels, and much more right among these densely populated civilian spaces. And October 7th is clearly against international law in about a million different ways. But let's be clear. There have been war crimes committed on both sides of this conflict, Telling one million people to simply run for their lives is very much impractical, to put it in the lightest way possible. It violates international law, according to the UN. And then for airstrikes to continue in those areas that people were told to flee to is also a violation of international law, according to the New York Times. But even more mind-blowing is how aid is sitting on the other side of the border, designated for these people who are thirsty and starving and homeless, and yet they're not getting any of it. And with that, I wanted to turn our attention over to the hostage crisis. So unfortunately, Shawnee Luke, who is the 22-year-old German-Israeli young woman, She was confirmed dead, which, you know, was something a lot of us had already assumed. But she appears to, unfortunately, have been beheaded, according to the New York Post, Fox News, and many more news outlets. This would obviously have been after Hamas paraded her half-naked dead body through the streets on the back of a pickup truck, chanting anti-Semitic slurs and hoisting semi-automatic weapons into the air. We all remember that video. I know that is one from this whole event that sticks with me as like the kickoff to everything else that has happened. Another young woman known to have been taken by Hamas, her body was found uh, with that of Shawnee Luke and She was identified only by a skull fragment because the body had been so badly charred. Now, I have to say her story I only read through Jewish Lives Matter. I had a hard time substantiating that. But if I find a source that can back me up on that information, I'll definitely let you guys know. But obviously, it wouldn't be far-fetched for that to have been the case because many, many other bodies were found to have been burned by Hamas. But it was announced, according to The Guardian, that a woman named Ori, an IDF soldier who was held hostage by Hamas in Gaza, was rescued by IDF and Shimbet forces. This is a ray of hope for families who are still fighting for their loved ones' safe return, their wives, their brothers, their babies, their sisters. We can only pray that everyone stays safe and that this conflict ends swiftly. And that for today is the news du jour. 
Today, I wanted to leave you guys with a quote. While seeking revenge, dig two graves, one for them and one for you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media and that is also linked in our show notes you can follow us on social media at news du jour dot podcast on both instagram and tiktok you can follow my personal account at it's annie bowls on both platforms as well any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup he has a little separation anxiety and always records with me We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh. Oh.